You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue our exclusive coverage of Third Watch, recapping all the episodes, all 132 of them, and we are moving along nice and swimmingly. We're still in the second season, the best season. Uh, we are up to episode nine, uh, sorry, episode eight, I should say. Uh, this, of course, is titled uh, "Know Thyself." I got a bit of ahead of myself. I'm still, I'm still reeling over the amazingness that was the last episode. As we go into another great episode here, first aired on the 27th of November in the year 2000. It was written by Julie Herbert and directed by Nancy Savoka. So we have uh, a dual female roles here. That's good to see. Female writer and female director. Fantastic. Uh, my name is Ben, and let's go, Bruce Jenner. Hello, it is Brandy again. Ben, ask me nice. <laughs> Just ask me nice. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Uh, Brandy's back, everybody. Um, welcome back, Brandy. We're kind of alternating between our co-hosts here across this season, but uh, you know, we've uh, we've had a few with Darvell. We're back to Brandy for a couple, then we'll be back to Darvell. It's up and down. It's up and down. But uh, I'm I'm happy to have you back here, Brandy. It's it's good to hear your voice again. Yeah, it's good to be back. I'm excited. It's good to hear your voice as well. And I want to see what scenes that trigger you and what scenes make you happy. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Well, you- I, was, I was really hoping for one of those, like, this time in third watch or like, you missed one. <laughs> you missed gone. one. We did have one when you were away. Uh, in our four days uh-huh. episode, the doc one, there was a tonight on third watch, which I just lost my shit. I thought this is done. <laughs> Where? Why is this back again? I thought this was done forever. Uh, but we haven't had one since, so um, I'm hoping that okay. that's officially dead. But you missed you missed the greatest episode of third watch of all time. After hours, we just did that one. So um, you know, uh, I, I'm I'm just still glowing over that one. And it's funny actually because Darvell and I. Thought that that episode will be here forever. It might be our longest uh, ever recap. We actually did that pretty quickly because I think we had nothing to complain about. So we were just like, boom, 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 boom. How good is this episode? So, um, but yeah, these this episode. Look, neither know thyself. It's another strong faith one. Um, you know, you're, the last episode you actually were on was faith. So it's kind of poignant, really, yeah. that you kind of bookend your last and then your return here with the two really strong faith episodes. Um, and I love this episode. This is a great episode. I mean, God, I'm saying that about every single one in season two because they really are that good. But, uh, you know, we've kind of established uh, where I think we're calling it Molly Price, the star of Third Watch now, the overall star over six seasons. But, I mean, this is just a great episode, is it not? It is a great one. Actually, like you said, like me coming back on a, a very faith episode, I would notice that too. And it's just a very strong one. Like this one, we actually get to know an even deeper side of faith which i'm excited about the audience haven't hasn't met some of the characters that have come into the picture so i mean yeah it's a very strong one and i this, it's very you go it's very good yeah well i was just gonna no, it's very good. <laughs> see we're, we're, we're bouncing off each other well here brandy uh, the, the thing that i think that's kind of interesting about this episode <laughs> is to me it's it's a bit similar to kim's hope chest in that you really are going to side one side or the other with what Jokas does in this episode because it's not kind of like Faith where you're sort of really feeling for her and kind of what the position she's in. This one's a lot more divisive in terms of her actions this episode, just obviously with the secrets yeah. that she's revealed and everything along those lines. So this has got a real similarity to me to a few episodes ago with Kim's Hope Chest. Um, and, yeah, I just think that Molly Price is such a great actress. She just does this so well. 
Um, and, you know, special notes as well here in this episode, of course, to Chris Bauer. I don't think we really talked too much about his acting ability. Uh, you know, strong for him. Uh, we kind of get strong moments from Jason Wiles, but it's kind of more comedic elements around him. Um, and we also get, can I just point out, um, we've always talked about sort of the guest stars that have appeared in this show. Uh, who, you know, maybe start off as we don't know them when they're on third watch and they've gone on to become really big names uh, or kind of the opposite. This is definitely one of those opposite ones. We've got Mia Farrow in this episode, uh, which is a big deal. Uh, you know, such an esteemed actress. So uh, the fact that we uh, have, uh, you know, uh, Mia Farrow, Academy Award nominee, I think she got at least a couple along the way. Um, so, yeah, this is... We'll get to her, obviously. But she she returns as well. She's not just in one episode. I always thought that she was only ever in one episode in Third Watch. I do remember she does return at some point uh, to be Yokus's mum, I believe, in another episode. So... Just want to point that oh, out wow. with Mia Farrow. Just what a big deal that is to get someone like her in a show like this. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to her, obviously, in just a moment. But you notice that straight away when you see the special guest star, Mia Farrow. So I'm going to say probably up until, up until this point, the biggest star to have ever appeared in Third Watch. Even bigger than Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> just, <laughs> just have to point I must, that out. I got to say, I agree. I get you. I get you on that. Yeah. Just, um, just I mean, amazing. Yeah, Do you know much of Mia Farrow before kind of Third Watch or anything along those lines or anything like that? No, no, I actually, I don't know much about her. I don't know much about her movies. I just know, like, with Woody Allen and the kids, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know much about her or her, her career. Yeah. You've got, I mean, you've got to think, this woman, not only was she uh, involved heavily with Woody Allen, Allen for a long time, she was married to Frank Sinatra. So, um, you know. Oh, wow. You, you've kind of got to okay. go that. In 2008, she was named as one of the most influential people in the world in Time magazine. Um, you know, sort of a lot of her activist work. Um, and yeah, like obviously she has, uh, you know, famously in Rosemary's Baby, um, you know, lots of other just great Gatsby in the 1970s version, Death on the Nile. I mean, just such an esteemed actress. And again, she's in Third Watch, people. So, um, <laughs> we'll get to her. Yoke's I mean, mom. I've- <laughs> great things like i don't know much about her but like i know like she has high praise and so i do know she's like really up there bigger than like rosie o'donnell oh for sure because like Hands even down. like yeah and so like yeah and so like when i like read headlines like from the academy film or you know like certain things like that the word shows are always talking about like mia farrow so like i see her name mm-hmm. especially in headlines a lot more and i, and I would and so, yeah. i would probably say that um you know, if we were to sit down and um, actually, I'll correct myself, the fact that she's actually in a lot more than one. Uh, she's in uh, another three episodes moving forward here. So, uh, so yeah, well, there you go. Um, she, I, I would probably come to a point and argue maybe that when we eventually conclude this season and talk about the big stars in terms, and I'm not talking about the main cast, I'm talking about the guest stars, she might be the biggest star ever to appear in this show. I mean, you know, I mean, Helen Mirren would appear in this show pre-Academy Award win. I know we have people like Gene Simmons, uh, Eve, Henry Winkler, uh, you know, Kate Jackson, people like that. Um, you know, so we, we do get big name stars in this show, uh, Wycliffe, Gene, people like that, but... Um, I would argue on the grand scheme of esteem and celebrity and all that sort of stuff that Mia Farrow probably would be the biggest name. I mean, Roy Scheider. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just putting it out there now. <laughs> so, uh, we'll obviously talk a lot about these big stars when we eventually see them along the way. But, um, yeah, it's actually interesting just looking here. I mean, Mia Farrow just kind of date this. She hasn't really acted. 
She was in a documentary about herself in 2016. Uh, she's been in a few random movies here and there, but this is actually the last TV show that she's ever acted in, um, besides the documentary that came out in 2016. So looking at her film and TV credits, she was in a TV movie called An American Girl Holiday, um, but in terms of just a TV series, um, not something she did a lot. So that would actually be a very good... Uh, get somebody on this show from behind the scenes because I doubt very much we'd be able to get Mia Farrow on the show but like if we could find someone um, who was involved in casting or something in Third Watch like how the hell did you land Mia Farrow and how the hell did you get her to come back for multiple episodes it wasn't just a one-off so um, yeah we're getting ahead of ourselves we're talking a lot about Mia Farrow we're not even up to her yet but um, anyway <laughs> I'm just learning you're just edu- you're educating me. So. Yeah, I, I just I just I just think it's it's an important thing that we should note in terms of this this show. Just a big deal it was to get someone of her on this program. So uh, we'll get to that. But uh, so we start off obviously here with um, Bosco and Yokus. They're they're in the car. There, uh, Yokus is asking to use a siren. Uh, we get the first of many kind of little childish Bosco moments this episode. It's like, need to use a siren, Bars? No. Damn it, Bars. Come on. He's just like stubborn. Just keeps saying no. Uh, they just have this little fight and she's, um, rushing to see, uh, Emily, uh, get an award. Is this like, uh, what, dancing or something or gymnastics or what, what even is this? Do you, do you know? I'm not really sure. I think it's gymnastics. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> you got me. I don't know because we didn't really get to see much. No. I mean, it's an a, could be it's an award. Yeah, it's an award of some sort. Um, so she's rushing to make it. They arrive uh, at the school, but it's empty. And then she realizes, oh damn it, it's at the community center. Um, I do like kind of the scene like with Bosco. The first bit, you know, when he's like saying like, "No, we're not putting the siren on." The next scene, he's just like eating a sandwich. He's just kind of like, why do you tell her that you can make it to these things when you're never going to make it? Just like, you know, he's just so funny, this episode, Bosco. Um, And we sort of, she makes it. um, Emily's already got an award. Um, She kind of, uh, Yoko's goes off at uh, Fred, basically saying, you didn't tell me it was here. And he's like, yes, I did. You just weren't listening. Uh, You know, you kind of feel for Yoko's here because she's trying to make it. And obviously she's just forgotten along the way that it was there. Um, and not obviously, uh, at, um, the, the community center. So we kind of, um, leave there and we just kind of get a nice little scene in the car when, you know, Yoko's is sort of saying, like, did you see her face? She hates me. And, you know, she's talking about when she's going to be a single mother. And I just love Bosco's line. You were granny. <laughs> like talking about Emily <laughs> being a single mother. <laughs> Or something along those lines. But then we get this great, like, this This is what I really love about this episode, is the fact that it really does balance some really funny moments with some really serious moments. Like, you kind of forget watching this episode that, like, this is actually a really serious episode. But it also comes down to the fact that you've got some really funny moments. Um, so we kind of get out and uh, we've got a truck crash with a bus and liquid soap is everywhere. So they're checking through here. They're checking the uh, the truck driver. Doc is there with Carlos. And Bosco, in the midst of trying to shoo people away, slips over. <laughs> I just love the way he's like, ah, damn it. Oh, and then just Jokic is like, oh, you got a boo-boo. <laughs> She's just like going, oh, do you I'm want just... your rubber ducky? And Bosco's just like, oh, it's not funny. I ripped my jacket. <laughs> just... I just love that scene. Oh, it's so I mean, funny. 
It is too funny, and it's just funny because, like, I just I sent you a message saying that this season has so much more humor. I feel like, yeah, because and the jokes are just ten times better. I'm not saying like last season sucked, but like this season, I'm like super laughing like right away, just cracking up. No, it's just so many hidden like little moments, and it's kind of just like this is what's so good about this season, just the character nature of this season. And it's kind of, it's a shame we're never going to get a season like this again. I mean, it's not, I'm not saying we don't get moments like this moving forward, but it's kind of the way this show will steer away. This is why I mentioned like last episode with After Hours kind of being peak third watch. Um, you know, it's still not saying that the quality of this show dips really suddenly. I mean, I really don't think anything dips badly with this show. I'm going to say badly, it's still good. But I don't think anything really dips to a level where it's a different show to probably midway through season five. You know, there are a few blips along the way, but... I still feel that just what we're watching right now is just so good. Um, and then it's kind of like balanced with this like funny scene. Um, and then, you know, you just think, oh, this is just going to be a fun opening to this episode. But all of a sudden you, you realize that this is actually quite serious because this bus, which for some reason no one's noticed this until now, um, is a prison bus. So all of a sudden you've got all these people like running out of the, uh, the bus in prison uniforms. You got Yokus and Bosco noticing this. I think it's like, uh, you know, Doc and Carlos are like yelling at them, like going like, Hey, PD, you know, look what's going on here. Um, and yeah, so we sort of get straight dramatic start. We've got the credits still. I'm, I'm paying attention here. Um, Brandy, you haven't been here since we've had Taylor introduced, but, um, I know. she's still not on the opening credits. So I'm still just keeping an eye out for her appearing on the opening credits. Still not on there yet. Um, and then sort of post credits, we get special appearance by Mia Farrow. So, uh, Amy Carlson, not even in this episode anyway, but, uh, you'll get some Taylor next episode. You get a lot of Taylor next episode. So are you looking forward to at least talking about Taylor finally? I do. I'm excited. Like I didn't realize I missed her. Like when she came into the second, the second episode I was watching, I was like, "Oh man, I missed her introduction." But I'm so excited because it's just it's fresh. Yeah. And so just to be able to talk about a new character now, and like Taylor, she's funny. Bobby and her to, like are just funny. Like they have a good chemistry in terms of like the on character like relationship or off character. I don't know. I feel like there's. I feel like she also like the best way to say. It, I feel like Taylor fits right in with the cast. Oh, for sure. Like it's just it's just it's natural too a little bit. I mean, it might take a while, but it becomes so natural too. And completely agree. And I think I'm we're excited. gonna have to talk about her next episode in kinds of how that is. But yeah, we don't see this episode sadly, but she'll be on the opening credits soon. Um, so we kind of get sort of post credits here. It's just kind of a slight resolution of the the bus crash. I mean, we get Yoka's knocking out a guy who's holding up one of the prison guards. There's kind of not a whole lot going on there. Um, meanwhile, we're back at the the precinct. Um, and sort of just a bit of conversation about how long it's going to clean up. So Bosco has some flowers. Um, and we see, of course, in uh, Yokus's locker, we've got a post-it note that says Emily Community Center. So Fred obviously did tell her and she just forgot. Um, and I just love just this scene again. This is kind of like what this season's so great. Cause I guess last season was all about learning these characters, but now we kind of, we know who these people are. So we really get a lot of great banter between both the firehouse and the paramedics sort of when we get scenes like this. So we kind of have Bosco sniffing his flowers and sort of him gloating about like, Oh, it could be from this person. It could be from this person. Then he's like saying to Sully and Davis, Oh, you want to smell? And then Davis like, no, I already know what your girlfriends smell like. <laughs> just like. Back and forth between them. It's so funny. And then Bosco just dives his head into these flowers and has a big old sniff. 
Um, which, you know, we know where that's going. Uh, but this is kind of when, obviously, <laughs> we've got, uh, I think, seven prisoners still escaped. So we've got um, the, the captain comes in and asks, who wants to pull a double? Everybody says yes, except for Sully. Um, and then we get uh, the scenes of Bosco and, and Jokic just driving around, talking about being fast. Uh, we're going to get Yokus a nice little story about her childhood that she outran all the boys. The teacher didn't believe it, so the, the stopwatch was broken. She got so pissed off that she ran it again faster. Um, <laughs> I just got to like that. Um, and then we kind of get a, um, a scene, that part. Yeah, a scene here where we've got, uh, obviously one of the prisoners has gone into a bar and this barman's got a gun and he's chased one of them off. And Yokus here is obviously focused about Going after one of them, who's a, a, a sex offender, a child sex offender. So she's kind of a lot of this episode is just basically, you know, oh, we need to go here, we need to go here, and you know, Bosco sort of saying like, oh, he's long gone, and kind of we'll get that with Sally a little bit at the end too. I do like this bar guy though, uh, the way he's just kind of like got the gun, and Davis is like, um, oh, you know, do you have a license for that? Now you're just harassing me. <laughs> I love that part. I'm like, I was just thinking, like, first of all, you you have your gun in the hand when the cops get there. You don't even put it away. <laughs> but he doesn't care. He's like, you don't make. He's just fussing about the guy. Like, yeah, yeah, this guy. And then like, David turns in. You got a license for that? Oh, now you just harassing me. That is funny. But and to go back to the scene he was talking about with Yokis and Bosco and about the running time. I just love the look on face, like face when Bosco was like, and then what happened? Yeah. I was so pissed off. I ran it a second time. <laughs> that is my. That was like one of my favorite moments <laughs> this episode. Uh, and it gets better too. What we're about to get with that sort of the resolution to that. Um, so we still got Bosco and Yoko here, kind of hanging outside a strip club, and um, see a guy coming out of a peep show at five a.m. Yoko's, you know, saying like, "Oh, you know, that's really sad." Someone coming out of that. But I, I kind of just this is just again the banter between these two. Just like sometimes I just so want to believe that this isn't entirely scripted word for word. I want there to be a lot of leeway between these scenes because they're just so natural the way they bounce off each other. It's so darn good. We kind of get you know Bosco scratching away. Yoke is just sort of like, "Is there something wrong with your face? It itches." <laughs> just like the way we kind of get a little bit of this. And then this is kind of you know Yoke is looking at the photo in a in a hat of a family. This is when Bosco is like. What's your time? Um, and you know, she's like, oh, I don't know. And then she's like, I was fast. Good for you. And it's like, you don't believe me? I'll race you. And I just I love this scene. Just imagine these two <laughs> cops, you know, at six o'clock in the morning, whatever time it is, just having a banter about who's fast. And they just like get out of the car and just have a race around the streets of New York. <laughs> I love it. I mean... I, I especially love Faith's attitude in this whole this whole episode. Her attitude, like especially with Bosco, like good for you. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Like is something wrong with her face? Like she's so annoyed that he's itching his face. <laughs> it's just, <clears throat> but then like you said, like after they get out of the car and run, I just love the whole. <laughs> you don't get that. It's just natural. Uh. It's natural, and I, I think you're right. I think some of it is at like it's just leeway like they just go with the flow because it's just so natural naturally well done yeah I, I mean this is the thing like you know we talk about getting sort of uh you know obviously we've had some communication with guy norman b the director uh through facebook but i mean it'd be great to chase down some of these writers i mean you know julie herbert who's written this one and I'm, by looking is this the first time we've had her uh write an episode um i believe it is uh so she'll go on to write a, a few more episodes of this show but this is her very first attempt uh, at least on third watch, uh, and looking here at her film credits, 
um whew, lots of film credits um west wing numbers um you know a lot of a lot of esteemed shows here um as well so uh yeah just the writing is so good we don't we don't necessarily talk so much about the writing uh but just so good back and forth the way that is but yeah this like when fuss goes in the car you know uh, i was fast good for you <laughs> it's just like i love when he's like i'll race you and she's just like no and then he just starts doing the chicken sound and then just like you know we get bosco and then he's like oh i kicked your ass but then just that line from uh Jokus, which kind of you know i don't know how you feel about this now 17 years later Let's go, Bruce Jenner. Uh, <laughs> what? I mean, you know, no such thing as Bruce Jenner anymore. Uh, so, um, it's... Um, no, I think it's Caitlyn Jenner. It is Caitlyn Jenner now. Yes, that's who she is now. But um, uh, I just kind of love when they finish and they're laughing. You know, I kicked your ass. Like, what are the people on the streets thinking right now? We've just got two NYPD officers just having a running race. Like, what are our taxpayers' funds? You know, you're just having sprints around, you know, New York. But uh, we kind of get a look here. Face sees a building um, which is, you know, sort of boarded up. We, we don't really know what's happened here, but we're about to find out. So, uh, Yokus comes home. Uh, Emily and Charlie are up watching cartoons because it's a Saturday morning. Uh, we find out that Fred's about to go off to work. He's got to work every third Saturday. Um, and I, I kind of wonder, how much does Yokus get to sleep here? Because she says, like, oh, I'm not sleeping. So she's surely got to get, like, a little power nap. She's obviously got to go to work again at, like, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So, um, you know, surely she's said to Emily and, and Charlie at one point, like, mum's got to have a nap right now. I mean, you know, let's be honest. Neither of them are Joey, who we established an episode or two ago, is a little shit. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that kid's got issues. You can't go to sleep for an hour. We burning the house down. Um, but this is obviously where the, so the building that we've seen is clearly where Fred's been having his AA meetings. So Yokus confronts him. He hasn't been going. So he she's trying to confront him about it, but he leaves. Says we'll talk about it tonight. And Yokus goes a bit cray cray and kind of searches the house for a bottle. Um, and then basically screams at poor old Emily and Charlie. Did I tell you to go to your room? You know, so uh, this is definitely, as I was saying, kind of where... I mean, you can understand where Jokic is coming from here, kind of with her background, with her dad, which, you know, you'll see why she feels that way this episode. But you also kind of like, you know, he's gone slightly overboard here. Uh, maybe. I don't know. That's maybe my opinion slightly. Uh, but, you know, you still also feel for her. I don't know if you really have a viewpoint on what she's doing here. Not at the moment. Later on. But not right now. Later on, okay. Cool. So we uh, for sure, for sure. we are back at work. Bosco's face has been um, it's a little bit more puffy, but we'll get there. We found out that this poison ivy has been put in. Oh hours. man! Uh, so we we obviously get sort of the uh, the captain here explaining. We've got five prisoners still escaped. Uh, keep searching for them. Also, it's Christmas time, so uh, keep an eye out for smash and grabs. Um, but I do like this sort of little, uh, moment again when they're sort of walking to their car and they're checking themselves in before the shift and, you know, boss go, oh, women love me. And it's like, oh, what about that woman you left at the ski park and you picked up a flight attendant? And it's like, oh, I was getting the action from her and Hilda definitely was going to put out. <laughs> Dig Bosco. <laughs> Love oh my god! It's just... I was just thinking. I was like, I wonder if guys actually do stuff. Like oh, of that, course they, they do. do. Of course they do. I'm not going to defend like, them. No, I never met one like that, but it's just fun because <laughs> <laughs> he left out his keys. I mean, I can never. I don't know. Actually, I don't. I get it. 
I do get it, though. I, I am not going to defend men at that point, because that is definitely a thing a guy would do. So, um, you know, I'm, and girls no, would do I it, too. Do. There I, would be girls I, who would do the same, but that's more of a guy I'm thing. That's what i I get it. I was like, never mind, I get it, because I see both sides. I mean, I'm not saying, I, like, I, I respect it, but, I mean, I... <laughs> See both sides doing that, like yeah, I can get why. It's just, I just, I just mean it's right. I just yeah. love the way it's kind of so back and forth in the way it is, and we, you know, we we hear Nicole's name dropped again. Uh, you know, oh, it has to be Nicole, and this is the thing too. Like you got to think with Bosco is that we haven't had a Bosco episode yet. I don't think we technically sort of get a full Bosco episode from memory until maybe season three, like solely Bosco. Um, there might, oh, I mean, I think there's sort of one this season, but like, it's kind of like next episode when we get to it is like, it's not technically an episode based on anyone. You might argue it's a Sully episode next, but it's not done in the way that a lot of these ones have been doing currently. So, um, yeah, I mean, Bosco, I think technically won't get a full one himself until season three, but you, you kind of, the thing that they, we, we kind of went over with Darvell in the coming the last few weeks is that. Bosco's still being used enough that you're not really dying out for a Bosco episode, if you know what I mean. Like, they're still implementing him him in many of these storylines. So, yeah, of course. Um, you know, sort of even like the Davis episode, how strongly he was in that, obviously, when him and Davis uh, partnered up. So, I mean, he's my favourite. Of course, I'm going to want, you know, pure Bosco episode. But also, at the same time, what is a pure Bosco episode? Like, you kind of, you're thinking that with Carlos, and we get the amazing self-reports of being Carlos very soon. But, like... Um, yeah, I don't know how you would have a solely Bosco episode at this point because you, you got to balance a bit of comedy and a bit of uh, seriousness with it, don't you? Yeah, we do. I mean, I know we get a few more. I think Bosco. I know. I feel like Bosco does have like his own little season at yeah. one point. Oh, for sure. Like not the whole, not his whole season, but I know like when he has his sibling come into play. Yeah, for sure. And then like with a new character, Sergeant Cruz. I know like for a while it's Bosco and his brother. So much Bosco, and yeah. I know that. Yeah, yeah, so mean, yeah. And this is where, like, this is where I think it's a balance between, like, who you would argue is the overall star, and for a large portion of this show, it is Bosco. He is the the main focus for all the storylines, and this is kind of when Third Watch switches focus away from solely characters to a lot of the, you know, the actual sort of police work and things like that, which we will Mm -hmm. get to. Um, But, like, yeah, my argument against him maybe being the overall star of this show is, as I kind of said before, that, like, sort of the second half of season six... I mean, even the first half of season, season six in general, is kind of very limited Bosco. So that's kind of where, I, and I know the argument there would be for Yokus, well, she's missing from most of season five, but I still feel her overall arc is more of a complete, hello, this is the star rather than Bosco. You know, you, you'd have arguments for both. They are, to me, the two leading people overall. Um, you know, with Sully and sort of Davis thrown in there just behind in terms of the overall six season run. Um, I think so. Yeah, because because doesn't Bosco and Faith also have a little bit more screen time at, in the beginning? It seems like I mean I don't know because like when I look at season one, I do like you. Mo- the most people talk about is Bosco and Faith. They talk about Solly for sure, yeah. But when it comes down to it, the relationship they talk about the most is Bosco and Faith's relationship, for sure. Like, for sure. And I think most of, and, nine times. And, and if you look how you know, it turns, like you know, when Cruz comes in, she kind of you would argue maybe becomes a star for a large portion of it. You know, she's still connected to Bosco and Yoko's, not just because they're so cops, excited. but I mean, it's also the fact that you know she says a semi relationship with with Bosco, and then you've kind of obviously got this you know heated rivalry between Yoko's and Cruz. So um, yeah, I mean, this is kind of stuff as we move along with it, and you know, as we get to each of these seasons, we can kind of you know analyze it. But sadly, we can never say that you know. <laughs> Bobby's never the star. Hashtag Bobby goes nowhere. Um, but, so, 
It sucks. It sucks. Because in real life, he is a star, Bobby Cannavale. Um, so anyway, we, we obviously get, uh, they're still searching for these prisoners that have escaped. And this is where we get, oh, such another great scene. So they're driving along. We see a guy in one of the green jackets walking into a store. So crap, he's one of the escaped people. So they go into the store, guns drawn. Uh, he's a guy just casually drinking a bottle of Nesquik at uh, this fridge. You know, put it down, put your hands. It's like, it's just a carton of milk. And it's like, well, put your hands on you. Ask me nicely. Don't push me. <laughs> Shoving him up against the door. And, like, I love the subtle little bit here where Bosco's, like, getting frustrated. And it's Bosco who's the one who's like, will you please put your hands behind your head, sir? Um, and then they're outside and we realise that this guy isn't one of the escaped convicts. Uh, he's uh, an escaped mental patient who has been paid $10 to wear the clothes. Um, he keeps commenting to oh, Bosco's man. face. You know, what is that, herpes? What's wrong with your face? <laughs> uh, That's the best. Right? And then they, uh, probably my favourite bit of this whole sequence, though, is when they get there and they're like, oh, so so we paid you money. Where did he go? Oh, we went to a park. Oh, was that near the, the statue? Was it near the island? Oh, there were some trees there. Davis. Oh, yeah, that really narrows it down. Thanks. No problem, officer. <laughs> Just the way he's like... Who is this guy? Who is this guy? I love I him because, love like, too. that was my opening... That was the opening, my opening quote was like, just ask me nice. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, usually you would think like Bosco's the one that's like trying to like rough him up into like handcuffs and Faith would be like, can you please? No, this time Faith is so pissed off this, this episode, like just in her own like personal, like not feelings, but yeah, anyway, feelings. (laughs) Bosco's like, (laughs) Bosco's kind of taking the play for Faith in this episode a little bit, like, (laughs) Is it, is it, He's a calm one. Is it Eric? Does he have a name? Like, does he specifically have a name? Because just looking at IMDb, there's no. It's not like it's got escaped mental patient. It's just uh, we have rat even... rat boy, uh, <laughs> rat boy, uh, frightened boy. We have cool um, huh. Eric. I'm gonna guess this is Eric. Um, and if it is, it's Eric. Is there, is there a milk boy? Maybe no, I don't know because no. I know he was drinking. If this is Eric, okay. uh, it's played by Paul Lazar, uh, who has been in... He's just kind of like one of these ones. He's in a lot of things. Um, I mean, he was in apparently a small role in Science of the Lambs, um, but he's also been uh, in lots of things. Um, Sex and the City was in an episode. Uh, Law and Order Criminal Intent. Law and Order Trial by Jury. Um, Law and Order Special Victims. He's been a lot of Law and Orders. <laughs> so, <Huh. laughs> type, All right. Type well, cast. I mean, either way, this guy is awesome. Oh. I mean, I think he's like. I think when you do the recap this season, I think this is gonna be like one of my favorite, like guests, like not guest stars, but you know, what I mean, like one of the minor, minor random <laughs> guys. Is him. Yeah, I just love his. Yeah, just, just the way he acts when right. Davis is just like, oh, that really narrows it down. And he's just like, sure thing, officer. <laughs> just the way he says. <laughs> I just like the whole like milk. Like I'm just drinking some milk, and then Faith was like, r- like just roughhousing him, yeah. <laughs> like just man, man. <laughs> and Bo- like I just love that. I felt like it was just like a switcheroo. Like Bosco really took Faith's step right there. It was like, can you please, like, no, what do you say? Like, what's wrong with this guy? Is he a retard or something like that? And then he's like, can you please put your hands behind your back? And then he's like, All right. just just the way, just the way, <laughs> yeah. That Bosco is like, as you said, like the, the way he says, like, will you please? Just the way, like, it's just such a different, you know thing coming from Bosco. He's just got to the point where he's so frustrated. Um, and then 
this scene of like Faith just slamming this dude against like this the freezer the whole time, just like keeps keeps on just slamming him in there, like, trying to get him. And again, props to the acting here. It's just so natural. Like, I mean, it's kind of I think as I've been mentioning, sort of been watching Blue Bloods. A lot of these sort of scenes in like chases and kind of when they're coming down to it, it just seems so forced and scripted. Uh, and again, I don't know if that's just how TV is nowadays, and this is kind of how it was, but you can just see how strong the writing is because these just feel so natural. They just don't feel like you're watching, uh, you know, a police drama at this point, and it's just it's just so well done. Uh, it's just the writing and the acting here is just so good. And again, just once again, just got to complain about this. Could never got any credit in terms of like acting awards and things like that. So, um, and this is, I mean, you can definitely. To me, though, I think that. Um, and, you know, this is where, sadly, I don't have Darvell on, because hashtag Darvell is an ER fan, Brandy. Um, but um, <laughs> I think you can, this is, these are elements of where you can tell this show is, you know, brought to you by the same people who brought you ER. Because that's what a, a strong point that ER always had, was it was just a natural ability between people, the acting, and kind of it just felt so sort of not forced drama. So I kind of think that, uh, you know, this is probably where I think I obviously became a huge fan of it because I was such a huge fan of ER, and then it sort of it connected in on a different level because it wasn't just purely medical. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think we've talked a huge deal about sort of the comparisons between this and ER and the style it is. But, um, you know, definitely feel you can definitely feel it in a lot of these um, these scenes. Um, but so we kind of from there um, still chasing after this uh, this one guy. Bosco's like, oh, he's probably in Kansas by now. Um, and then, you know, Yoke's is saying that probably going to attack another kid and then we just kind of get this little scene here where we've got a man bashing a woman and then we just kind of just get them chasing down uh this guy through an apartment complex it's 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 well done like great great editing great you know tension it's kind of i guess this is the dirty kid scene of the episode it's kind of like yeah, it's just there uh but <laughs> dirty kid. it's still uh it's still better than dirty kid um and i kind of like bosco when he catches this guy you don't run from me um, and I, I do love that. I do, part. I do feel sorry though for random guy carrying boxes as he's going up the stairs. And I also feel very <laughs> sorry for overly scared woman in elevator. <laughs> who's just like, ah, was she? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> was she? But wasn't she on the bottom of the like elevator? I thought, okay, I don't know why, but I thought she was, we saw her before that. Yeah, like, so there she was, was people going to. She was there, so Bo- uh, Yokus opens it up, and she sort of screams, and Yokus like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then later on, when the guy sort of gets there, he's trying to get in there, and I think he's trying to, like, loosely threaten this woman, but this woman's just, like, bashing the shit out of this guy with the bag, like, ah! Ah! Uh, this woman's awesome. I love her. This is, I've uh, looked her up, a vet Mercedes, so, like, she's actually credited as woman in elevator. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, she's actually apparently one of my favourite movies of all time, Garden State. She's neurology receptionist. So have to go back and pay attention to neurology receptionists, otherwise known as Woman in Elevator in Third Watch. Um, I just, oh, man, it fascinates me like, see some of these characters to go on and like, do other like shows. I mean, just the background of acting, like, how do they even get the role on um, being Third well, Watch? <laughs> and just being around, and then they get to be around like this awesome cast and like get to be on this set and like this show that's just Brandy, so epic. This, this woman is kind of typecast. She's often credited as people who don't even have names. So I'm going to read out some of her previous roles, and I'm not going to tell you what these are in. I'm just going to read names. So she's played Margarita the Receptionist. She's played Alien. She's played Passenger on Bus, Meter Maid, Phone Sex Operator, Maid, Interviewer, Nosy Neighbor, Party Guest, ER Nurse, Waitress, 
street activist, jailer, desk officer, homeless woman, female tenant, uh, neurology oh. reception, we'll be that one, woman in department store. Uh, <laughs> she's just, she literally has a career of playing characters without a name. So. <laughs> I wonder how she goes about getting these parts there. Like, are they in her city? And she's like, oh, you know what? Maybe. Yeah, I'm going to do that today. I wonder <laughs> if her agent, like, comes to her and is like, okay, Yvette, we've got a role here. You will play Nancy. No, 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 we'll not take it. Oh, what's wrong with it? No, she's got a name. I don't want a character if she's got a name. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because I, like, I, like, I noticed, like, on Third Watch, like, these minor, like, characters like you said like with her they do go on to play different like shows like we've gone over these but then they don't they always have like real typecast names like this or they don't really (laughs) go big but it's just i just want it just fascinates me even more now like i wonder how these people go out and find these shows if they just like walk around like oh you know what they're washington city today casting yeah i think that it all comes down to like you'd have an agent Mm -hmm. they would basically have that they would uh the you know third watch would send out a memo sort of saying oh we need a you know a middle-aged uh african-american woman um to play this role um so that's generally what they would do um and yeah and then your, your agent or if you belong to an agency they obviously would suggest some people, um, and that's generally how it works. Well, yeah, yeah. I just I didn't think they would have agents because I know like they're not as I don't well, know. I, mean, I don't some, know. Maybe. Some would, some, <laughs> some would, some would. I guess also they would probably maybe advertise in the New York Post, like oh, you know, Third Watch requires some act- extras, um, and there would just be some people yeah, who do yeah. it as a hobby. Um, you know, they would do it on the weekend. That's or something what I'm like thinking. That. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, okay. There was a film that was being filmed here in, in Hobart once and uh, I interviewed somebody to do with it and they kind of put me on the list as an extra uh, and I was going to do it, but it just it never worked out in terms of scheduling. I couldn't make the day they were filming. So I'd, I'd, I'd gladly be an extra. Um, I was an extra in a TV commercial once. So, um, <laughs> you know, nice. you can see me. That was all <clears throat> that I cared. I don't have an IMDb profile, though, but one day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, free food and some some money if they pay. Yeah. I mean, you get meet the characters. You get meet some of your favorite stars. You never know. Exactly. I mean, oh hell, if I move being an extra is not all bad. If I move to LA, I'd, <laughs> I'd definitely play the rounds of being the extras. You know, I mean, I'm not going to try and be an actor, but I mean, you know. Um, but uh, so kind of from here we get um, we get this scene. Oh, this scene is tense. So Yoko's is home. Um, talks about the kids. Are they okay? And then we kind of just get this, you know, epic scene. Between, uh, between boss, uh, between Yokus and Fred, um, and this is essentially, um, you know, Yokus is obviously questioning him, not going to AA, so she's brought home a bottle, forcing him to drink so I can kick you out of the home. Uh, and this is obviously, you know, where Fred has a good retort here. He's basically like, well, look, you know, you talk about honesty, you talk about this, you didn't tell me about the night you were bashed up. And then she's like, you couldn't have handled it, you would have drunk. And he's like, no, I wouldn't have. Um, and he kind of like goes off, I'm not your drunk father. Uh, we've got Emily kind of peeking around the corner here. This is the first time we ever kind of see um, the kids sort of checking out the fight here. Um, and then kind of Yokus decides to play the, you know, the truth card here. Um, you know, nothing I can say will make you drink again. And she admits she had an abortion and that she didn't uh, obviously have a miscarriage. Fred goes to kick her out. Um and then Yoka sort of comes back and says, no, I don't want you here. But then we kind of get a very telling scene that Emily runs in and says, no, daddy, don't go to to Fred, mm. not to, to Faith. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a powerful scene. It is. I mean, 
Whew. I mean, this is one of the moments when you talked about like you don't really it's it's decisive. You can't with you don't. I don't know because like you feel for faith, but you can't. You know, like I will say like this episode was very powerful and strong. Like I actually like felt it emotionally, especially like later on in the scene, like when she does go to her parents and we meet her mom, Mia Farrell, and yeah, definitely powerful. And I think I wonder like I don't know what's your take on this, but like when she ran to uh. When she did run to the dad over Faith, what was your take on that? Because I thought it, for me, I thought they were trying to like make it seem like Faith was seeing herself as a little girl growing up. Because that's how she, that's why she's so. What is it? Um, very against drinking. Not against drinking, but you know what I mean. I think I think when she's looking around the corner and seeing a parent's fight for sure, I think that's definitely what that's meant to kind of like, and that's kind of where Yokus is having these emotional connections and yeah. why she maybe goes to her parents and not her brothers because it's kind of like, well, yeah, yeah. I, this was me growing up. I don't want Emily to be the same. And that's kind of what it's always been with Yoko. That's why she's so sort of forceful with Fred to get this drinking problem. Because as we will see with her parents, it's kind of, I guess it's implied that her mother sort of allows her dad to be a drunk and kind of, she's obviously mm-hmm. more of a strong-willed woman. And this is kind of what's great about this scene yeah. when we get to it is the fact that we kind of have this generational uh, mix between the, you know, Yokus and her mum. But it's also, I think, kind of implied here that, and it's kind of the thing with obviously that's, particularly early on with Yokus' storyline, is it all comes down to her always working and not being there for the kids. Um, so it's yeah. kind of like this is where, of course, Emily's going to side with her dad because she sees him all the time. Fred obviously says a line later on in this episode, you know, their whole lives happen between 3 and 11. So, um, and then, yeah, and girls are naturally closer to their dad. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, of course. And the thing that, like, just, I mean, I'm just putting this out there as a potential nominee for a top five moment of this season. I think it's going to be a difficult... This, I think this season's going to be more difficult when it comes to five moments than it was last season because there's even another moment in this episode uh, when she eventually, I guess, says to Bosco about the abortion that I would argue is up there as well for a top five, even though it's a real blink and you miss Ooh, scene. that was powerful too. So, I mean, yeah. I think there's definitely these two moments uh, for this episode alone. Let's just bookmark these as a nominee for a potential top five moment of this season because... I mean, it's it's just so well acted and it's just the reactions and just Molly Price again just showing how good she is. And we often talk about how the hell do these actors not go on to bigger and better things? And it's like, how the hell has Molly Price not really gone on to a huge starring role outside of Third Watch? She's just that damn good. And just so is Chris Bauer here. I mean, Chris Bauer has got on to a fair bit of success after Third Watch. He's probably more well known for his role in True Blood than anything else when he played, uh, detect- I think it was Detective or Sheriff Andy. Not Sheriff Andy, that's Toy Story. Um, but um, <laughs> his name was Andy in True Blood from memory. Um, but, you know, he's been in a lot mm. of things since. So, yeah, I it just baffles me. I, I would just love people to sit down and watch this scene and kind of just see how strongly well acted it is and just everything, the reactions. So, yeah, it's powerful, it's deep, and definitely I would 100% say this, remember this for a top five moment at the end of the season. Um, Absolutely. We, we kind of didn't really mention at the beginning of this episode, we sort of had Yoko's punching a punching bag, and here we have her now back at the gym having a bit of a spa with a random woman, um, which I kind of like. It's kind of cool, you know. Yoka's being tough and getting bashed up by a woman. Cool. Um, but, um, um, that was a good scene. Yeah. Uh, we kind of get, um, back to Bosco and Yoka's. 
<laughs> oh my god, I love this scene. So, uh, we've still got, um, <laughs> Bosco's completely, you know, still getting redder and redder. He's slapping himself. He's like, oh, the pain from the slap is better than the scratching. And then he's just sort of still trying to, like, work out who it is. He's just about Nicole being in Europe. Um, and then it's like, could be Kathy, the tight ass. And it's like, oh, why could it be her? Oh, I accused her of giving me chlamydia, but it turns out I gave it to her. Don't worry, everyone took medicine. They're okay. <laughs> Oh, man, I was cracking up. With that. It's just so, just the way it's so passed off. It's just like similar to the scene before when he's just like, oh, yeah, I just dumped it because I booked up with a flight attendant. But then it just gets like. And it's, just, <laughs> it's just so natural, like, in his conversation. Like, have you noticed, like, even Davis are like, none of them are like shocked anymore. They're just like, oh. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's just like a normal conversation, like an everyday Bosco conversation. Uh, <laughs> it's just like we kind of get this scene here where, you know, Yokes is wanting to search for this, uh, the, the child molester. So it's basically like, oh, let's go here. And Bosco's like, no, that's out of our precinct. We'll, you know, get hung out to dry. And it's like, we'll just go for a bit of a search. It's like, give me the keys, Bosco. No. Bosco, don't say no to me. Give me the damn keys. No. <laughs> just the way, like, he's just so stubbornly just looking off into the distance. He's just like, no. I'm not doing it. Just a look at his face. And then, like, two seconds later, we see the car speed off. I want to see how Jokers did it. How did Jokers force him into the car? But just... I know. So good. It's just, this whole episode is where Bosco is just kind of like, no, I don't want to. He's just like, no, he's just a spoiled me. brat this episode. But it's just so funny because it's just, you know, this is why I'm saying before about we haven't had a Bosco episode yet, but we just get so much from him. That, you know, I mean, him and Carlos this season, like, again, more so Carlos with the, the comedy side of things, because, you know, we still get some meaty Bosco stuff. Um, but, you know, it just, but the thing is, it's not done to an extent where it's like, it, it's bad, because, like, again, the payoff with the Carlos episode is amazing, and Bosco is just so good. You know, it's kind of on the flip side what they do with Bobby, and this is kind of like we joke, hashtag Bobby goes nowhere, but they just forget about Bobby. They just really forget about this guy. So, um, they just had no clue what to do with his storylines. You know, we have hashtag dirty kid. We're going to get hashtag former teacher in a few episodes. You know, it's kind of just like, what are they doing with Bobby? But at least even just with the random Bosco stuff, it's kind of just so character driven. You just, you're not complaining about just their little use so far in this season. Because what we get is just so amazing. Whereas Bobby, yeah, he's cleaning up vomit, kissing Taylor and... Helping dirty kids. Although, again, after hours, Bobby was great in the episode, though, when he's, like, bagging out poor Davis for vomiting in his car. So, um, but anyway, um, but this is the, this is sort of this next scene, which I was mentioning that, you know, it's up there with, um, you know, the, what we just had with Fred. This is obviously the big reveal here where Yokus will tell uh, Bosco that uh, she lied about the abortion. It's, it's interesting here how she has more of an emotional reaction to Bosco's reaction than she did to Fred's. So we kind of obviously initially start off here with Yoko's, uh, you know, I think she has a solid point here talking about, you know, oh, when a woman's not on her knee, she's a bitch. Uh, you know, just kind of obvious. And I, I think, like, as a man, I can see that sometimes, yeah, females definitely get treated in a certain way and called certain names just because they're in a position that, you know, if a man's in the same position, he's not going to get the same discredit towards. So definitely, definitely feel for Yoko Sarah, and I'm a man saying that. Um, but I, I kind of like when Bosco says, like, you know, I never called you a bitch. Um, and then, you know, this is where Bosco kind of stands up to Yoko a little bit, doesn't it's like, oh, you know, I like Fred, but he takes your crap lying down. <laughs> and then just, you know... Obviously, um, this is where Jokas admits that, oh, he wants me out of the pub, and Bo- Bosco's like, oh, go Fred. Um, but then, yep, turns a bit serious, so this is where she says, oh, I told her I had an mm-hmm. abortion, um, and Bosco's like, well, what are you talking about? No, you didn't, and then she admits it, 
He, I think, I always thought he just pulled over, but he just stops in the middle of the street. That's how shocked he is. And just, just the way he says this, yeah. just the way he says this without looking at her, it's just so like, again, and you see her have more of an emotional reaction than she does when Fred reacts because he's just like, yeah, you yeah. lied to me. You looked me in the eye and you lied to me. And then... I felt bad Oh, yeah, I felt bad for you. And he just drives off, doesn't say a thing. And she just, the way she just, she's just there and she's just, just like, Boz, Boz, God, she's crying. It's just, oh, this is deep shit. This, I mean, I, I might even say this now. This is maybe more like, worthy of a top five than the Fred Yoker scene. I mean, it's just so... It is, because you feel a powerful... I don't... It's funny that you say that, because, like, I, it's very... You definitely feel, like, a more powerful connection between Bosco and Faith than Fred and... and Fred and Faith, sure, you know? For sure, I mean, with this one, like you said, like, her reaction this time is just, like... I don't know, you just... You feel more you feel more heartbroken that she lied to Bosco than Fred. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like because in Fred you kinda understood like how she had to kinda be like the grown up in that situation a little bit. But then we get to see like also like it's not all Fred in this episode, but with Bosco and Faith, yeah. And it's definitely deep. Definitely a top five for sure. And this is the balancing act of this episode where they balance the, the comedic elements with the serious stuff so well. Because, I mean, you know, we're just coming off the back of a quite funny scene when, you know, he's being stubborn and like, no, I won't give you the keys. No. To just all of a sudden, just this, you know, hugely deep moment. Um, and then kind of like, this is kind of, again, my comparisons to this episode to Kim's Hope Chest with what happened with Kim in that episode was that we then kind of get them pull up. Bosco sort of walks away and then we've got Fred here with the bags. Um, I want a separation. Um you know, you always decide what's best for us. Now it's my turn to do it. Uh, you know, Fred finally standing up to Yokus and basically, uh, you know, this is that line I said when the whole lies happened between three and 11. We, she, he talked to her brother. We get random reference to Yokus's beloved brother we saw in the first season who we'll never see again. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, kind of similar to what happened with Kim, like sort of one thing, you know, it's just like a deck of cards. Everything's just falling underneath that sort of one bad things happen and the next bad things happen. So here's Yokus. Um, and I kind one thing I will say about this episode too, which I always forget happens, and because it, it, it kind of happens very quickly, but it's still so powerful, is I love Sully and Yokus this episode. So we kind of get a little bit of Sully here, you know, straight away, just like, oh, you okay? And she's just kind of like, yeah, I'm fine. But, you know, just hold on to that. We'll get some great Sully and um, Yokus. And can I just say with Sully, like, Sully, great in this episode with the limited time we see him. Next episode, amazing Sully. And uh, obviously... Oh, I'm not even just going to hide my excitement with who we get to meet next episode. But um, oh my god, yeah. one of my most random connections I've always loved, and I think it's only a one episode thing from what I remember too, is Sully and Taylor, which we'll get to next episode. So Sully's random little bonds here with random people he doesn't necessarily associate with that much. So we'll get Sully and Yoka soon. But I just wanted to mention that this is the scene we talk about. He's esteemed Mia Farrow. Here she is, Yoka's mum. Uh, she shows up to her parents' house. We meet her mum, we meet her dad. Um, and just it's just a great scene. I mean, you know, again, so well acted. And this is, again, what this show is doing so well in season two, that it's all about the characters. I mean, this is a show about the first responders of New York City, and we're barely seeing any sort of crimes in that in this episode. Um, and it's just so based around the characters. But you, you kind of don't care about the crimes, you know? We kind of, like, you would argue that this kind of prison storyline... Uh, is almost a Dirty Kid storyline, because it goes nowhere. Like, we don't get any resolution to it, but we don't give a shit, because no, this don't. episode is just so good uh, in terms of the acting and everything It had potential, though. Oh, for sure. I mean, they had great... I mean, I loved it, especially, like, Bobby was, like, Yokis! Bos- yeah. Bosco, you better get over here! Yeah. Like, you just... 
it had great potential, but I think it could have been like episode on its own. Yeah. But yeah. I absolutely yeah. agree. Absolutely agree. Um, but it's just, it's, this is again why this show is so good because of the way they balance everything along these lines. And, but just this whole scene, like you, you meet Yokus's mum and you kind of get a real inkling here about what Yokus has had to deal with because, yeah, Mia Farrow playing this role fantastically because at the end of the day, she's essentially, he's getting walked all over. I mean, Yokus's dad is just absolutely sloshed. He's so drunk. Um, and yet she just doesn't give a shit. She's just like, oh, do you want to make a sandwich? Oh, your dad wants a snack. Um, we kind of, we get this, you know, very powerful scene outside when sort of Yokus is with a dad and he's talking about building a swing and then just kind of, you know, he's like, is this what you came over here for? I don't need this. Um, and just, you know, you can obviously tell that this has always been something in their entire lives that has sort of come forth here being an issue. This, uh, Yokus' dad played by George Zonza. Zonza. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to pronounce that. Um, but here's one for you, uh, Miss Grey's Anatomy fan. Uh, played the esteemed Harold O'Malley in seven episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Do you remember him? Rest in peace, George. Yes. Oh, he died. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I wanted to watch Grey's not Anatomy. Him. <laughs> no, not him. He's the dad of a character that passed away. I'm sorry for all you guys that wanted to watch Grey's Anatomy, but you know what? They're in like season 13. That was season five. So I don't feel too bad. I'm kidding. Okay. Well, <laughs> there you go. But uh, this is the only episode we ever get to see yeah. uh, Yokus's dad. Uh, even though Mia Farrow comes back, we won't get to see him again. But he's great. He's just, you know, this is so powerful when he's sort of yelling at Faith and he falls over. He's just like, get off me, woman. And just walks in. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of... Oh, it's, oh. it's interesting, though, isn't it? Because, like, you don't want to feel sorry for him because... I mean, I, I look. I don't feel sorry. Well, I mean, he's my my point here is I've never had this. I've never experienced uh, an alcoholic, you know, a close alcoholic in my life. So I've never had to deal with a situation oh, oh. like this. So for me, looking oh. at this from a perspective, I'm just going to probably have one sided views here. I've never had to experience this, so I don't really have a right to comment too much. But I mean, it's kind of the way I'm seeing it as an outsider here from not having experienced that is that it's kind of. You are, I feel, meant to feel slightly sympathetic for the guy because of the situation, but at the same time, you're not because, as an alcoholic, the argument I assume would be that he's doing that himself. Uh, again, I've just that's just my outsider perspective, having as someone who's never had to deal with that in my life. And then, kind of, you're obviously seeing Yokus's mum. She's kind of, I guess, slightly weak because she's, you know, she's putting up with this and letting it happen. And, you know, uh, obviously this is where Yokus doesn't want to be her mum because this is where we get that line later on where Yokus will say, you're nothing like my father to Fred. Um, and obviously we get I mean, we get just some, some lines here where Yokus' mum is kind of like, is this why, you know, we don't need you to come out here and tell us off, you know, all this holier-than-now attitude. And we obviously get these great lines where she's saying, like, what's wrong with your generation? You're always wallowing in self-misery. Just get over it. Um, and it's just kind of like Yokus' line, oh, no wonder you're all alcoholics. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a great scene. And obviously just the, the line in the next morning too, when they're sort of just having this conversation between Yokus and her mom, and you know, like, what's wrong with me, ma? Um, and then just, you know, she's just kind of like, stop blaming other people. You know, maybe it's meant to all fall apart. It's just, it's just so powerful. And again, just Molly Price, such a great actress. Mia Farrow, don't even need to say how great of an actress Mia Farrow is. Uh, how she didn't get nominated for a best guest Emmy, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, have at it, Brandy. I'll, what do you What do you got to say about all this? And sort of all stuff I got to say is, like, the scene. I will say this from my perspective. I grew up with alcohol in the family. My 
well, not not my brothers, but my adopted so-called brothers, and um, all of them, all of them drank. I will say it's like when Faith was like, "What's wrong with me?" I just wanted to hug her so bad because, like, I get it. Because, like, for the longest time, you think something's wrong with you, but I guess you can argue from somebody who's been through that, where like you've seen like the violent side of like what people, how alcohol can affect someone, and like how you don't know, like going home, you don't know if something's gonna happen or not. Dealing with that personally, I can say like. From Faith's perspective, it's a psychological thing. Like, I actually can feel for her. Like, I could see, like, she's also making it. She did mess up because, like, Fred is not like her dad. But she had to see that. Yeah. She does have to see that. Because it took me a long time to, like, realize that people who smoke weed doesn't mean that they're violent. You know what I mean? People who drink doesn't mean they're violent. But growing up, when that's, like, in your everyday life, like, as a child through preteenhood to adult life, it took me years to, like, get past that like if you if like if i was gonna be friends with you and i found out you you like even drank or smoked i would not be your friend mm. i wouldn't date you if, you if i found out you drank or smoked because it was so you know what i mean yeah. so i see where faith is coming from for, for it to be that big of a deal but then i can also see like why she had to learn like hey my husband's not like him yeah and so i, I can so it's like this episode was just so powerful like i actually got terry eyed when i watched it because it was so like it just hit home but in this instance, it was like my so-called brothers who I don't, con- I don't keep in contact anymore. But yeah. Well, that's yeah, and that's so what I, I can imagine. I mean, I, I mean, I dated a girl whose dad was an alcoholic, and she explained sort of a lot of stuff that happened there, and I, you know, you felt obviously terrible because of that situation. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, like I sort of talked about this in the Kim's Hope Chest episode that I mean, I connected so much with Kim and her feelings, and you know, I was more one-sided towards Kim, even though you're kind of meant to be against Kim in this episode because she's making these bad choices. But, um, you know, I really felt for Kim in that episode because of my personal experiences. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is all just powerful stuff. And I'm just, I'm just looking. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm just looking here at um, the nominees this year of the, the year this was on for guest actress in a drama series. Because this is the thing, too, you'll find in TV is that generally when you've got a big name in a in a guest spot, whether or not they're good or not in the role, they generally at least get the nominee nomination for best guest role. I mean, Bobby Cannavale's won at least two guest role Emmys. That's what he's won his Emmys for. Because um, I think he won at least one for Will and Grace. And I can't remember. I think he won a second for another show. But the, the nominee... The, the, so this season, uh, 2002, so this would have been 2000-2001 season, so it would have been the 2002 Emmys. The guest actress in a drama series. So the nominees that year were Patricia Clarkson in Six Feet Under, uh, Alina Douglas, uh, whoever she is, in Six Feet Under, Mary McDonnell uh, for ER, Martha Plimpton for Law and Order SVU, and Lily Taylor uh, six feet under. The only one there I've heard of, uh, you know, as a household name, sort of, is Patricia Clarkson, because I believe she was the one who used to be in um, Home Improvement, if I'm not mistaken. No, that's a different Patricia Clarkson. No, okay, no. That's not not the one I'm thinking of. But anyway, it's a different person. But how the hell Mia Farrow didn't even get a nomination is absolutely beyond me. Uh, Patricia Clarkson, by the way, won uh, that Emmy that year. So uh, there you go. Uh, we'll see mm. Mia Farrow again. She comes back, as I said, um... Season five, it is She Comes Back with Yokus. So, uh, again, nice little spread between when we will get uh, Mia Farrow back. Uh, so, we kind of get another nice scene here. Yokus comes home. Um, she's saying to Fred about, oh, I thought I'd get the kids ready to take them to school. This is where we get that great line where she kind of just says, you're nothing like my father and just kind of walks off. Um, and then we, we kind of get this scene just as they're taking out uh, the kids ready to school. Uh, you know, Fred sort of stands up to her and is like, look, you've never tried Al-Anon, so why should I go to AA? So it's kind of, you know, an interesting little scene uh, for them. Um, we Back to the police house. Uh, there's only one guy left of the um, the escaped convicts. It's Lambert, the the kitty fiddler. I didn't say kitty fiddler. The 
Well, he is a kitty fiddle, let's be honest. Um, I'm trying to lighten the mood here. It's not a very nice thing to say, but anyway, um, he is the only one left. Bosco is completely covered now. He's been told to go home. Uh, so this is where we're going to get Sully and Yokus pairing up. Uh, I don't know what's happened to Davis that day, but anyway, Sully and Yokus. Um, which again, as I said, I think back when we had Bosco and Davis and I get Barb, thanks for correcting me. I know obviously clearly I was wrong when I said that they never pair up, but again, I think as Darvell and I mentioned 99.999999% certain that Davis and Yokus never pair up. So they're kind of the only ones that will never get a pairing of because we obviously get Sully and Bosco at one point. So, um, yeah, sad. I mean, that would have been a random one, Yokus and Davis, but anyway, um, (laughs) <laughs> but I, I just kind of like this little scene here when, like, Yokus uh, says to Sully, like, oh, we're going to take Bosco to Mercy, get a shot. And uh, Sully's like, why? And it's like, oh, because he won't go unless I take him. So, of course, they agree. He's... Bosco in the back of the cop car, just like, uh, you know, going on about who it could be. Yokus mentions something. He's like, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> and then just like they get to the hospital and it's just like, you can't make me. No, I can't make me. And I just kind of like, uh, you know, Yokus's reaction, which is just like, oh, look, you know what? Do what you want. And then Bosco's just like, where are you going? What are you doing? Like, just Bosco wants her to stay, even though he's not talking to her. We get Dr. Montville back. Uh, then we just get this great scene of, like, you know, I'm going to give you this. And he's just like, no. He's just, again, being a child. Like, no, I'm not doing it. And then he, like, bends over. He has to take his pants down and get a shot. Tells Sully to turn around. I just love the way you get this scene where Dr. Montville just shoves him on the, the gurney to give him the needle. <laughs> Oh, that's I so funny. Love I love it. I'm sorry. But then, you know, I, I will say one of my favorite lines about this whole Bosco with his poison ivy face is when, uh, what is it? Sully calls him Rudolph. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're talking about the Christmas. Oh, Rudolph, why don't you grab my sleigh tonight? Yeah. forgot about that line. I think that was like one of the best lines. <laughs> Would you guy my slate tonight? Oh, but yeah. So good. Mm. I love the line here from Sally when he's like, you should just adopt Boscarelli, get a tax break. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then we get like, this is kind of an underrated scene, I feel, because we kind of get, you know, Sally and Yokus. This is the only sort of scene we'll see of them really pairing up. But, um, you know, Yokus is obviously kind of going back back to what she was saying with Bosco. Let's go looking for here. Let's go here. And Sally's kind of like Bosco. Oh, you know, Lambert's long gone. Um, and then just the way Yokus is kind of like, oh, okay, then what do you want to do? Get a slice or something? Um, and then they kind of have this argument in the car. So I was like, this is my car. We'll do what I want. And then, you know, Yokus keeps saying, like, Sally, I don't know you. It's like, I need to get out of this car. Um, then we just kind of have this great scene sort of back and forth. And I just kind of like it when, um, Sally at one point says, like, will you stop saying I don't know you? I know you. Um, it's just so powerful. It's just so nice. It's just a nice little bonding moment between these two that you never really get to overall see. So I just kind of like it. Um, and she's kind of like talking about how she's trying to hold it together. Everything goes to crap. And Sally kind of sort of says like, well, that's what makes you a good crap. A uh, good crap. Good <laughs> makes you a good crap. Makes you a good cop. Um, you know, but it messes you up as a person. It's, it's, you know, I don't know if you've got anything to say about this scene, but it's just, it's just one of these random underrated scenes that just, uh, you know, it's kind of a blink and you miss it on the grand scheme of third watch, but it's just, it's a nice little character scene between two characters again that you just really don't get to see interact that much. No, I agree. I mean, I definitely appreciated it. I mean, I think you summed it up pretty well, to be honest. I mean... I don't have much, too much to say about it. Yeah. Well, we're kind of going to close the episode out here because we see Yokus obviously goes to Al-Anon meeting. She comes home. 
knocks on the door with Fred. I don't know why she's knocking all of a sudden. She just <laughs> had the key before. Um, <laughs> but um, we get this nice little scene. You know, she says she's gone to Al-Anon. And mentions about how, sorry, I didn't trust you. I tr- don't trust anyone but myself. But recently, I can't trust myself anymore. I need you. And I just love this little line when she's like, when we got married, I thought you were saving me. And then she, and Fred's just like, oh, I like being the one that saved you. And then she's just like, you are that guy. And it's like, oh. And then, of course, Emily pokes her head around the corner and smiles. And that's the end of the episode. So, Fred and Faith are sort of back together. But, um, yeah, this is such a good episode. Yeah. Just, wow. Love it. it. Anything else I mean- to add? I mean, I want to, but I know we got to get on to the next episode as well, which I'm excited about. But I mean, and I know I could keep going on because like the scene with Faith and Sully is powerful. <laughs> but I know like myself, I'm like, because I can, I, I kind of can, I hit home too. I'm like, no, nah, I think I, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I don't want to get too detailed, but um, yeah, it was a great scene. I definitely love seeing, I definitely love seeing Sully and Faith together, especially when he's, when she, when she keeps saying, like, I don't even know you. And he's like, stop saying that. You, you do know, know me. me. You know like, me, yeah. It's, um... I mean, like... And I guess it goes back to, like, when she was like, Sully, do you have any kids? And... Yeah, so I think it's, I think it's the like, other way around. I think Sully knows Faith. <laughs> just Faith just forgets things. You <laughs> know, do you have any kids? <laughs> <laughs> I just... Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a great relationship right there, you know? And I think... I do look forward to more definitely more like scenes like that moments of like where certain characters get together for moments like i wish we just like you said before like i wish we could have seen kim and faith a lot more but yeah well we do yeah. get the thing with yoko so this season is kind of these character-centric episodes we get another whole faith episode the second last episode of this season exposing faith which again is an amazing episode um so like we get three really good faith episodes this season i think only it's matched by doc i mean Doc's obviously two episodes away from his second one, and he sort of gets a third one. And all Doc's are pretty powerful, although his middle one in a couple episodes is... I mean, it's good. It's Yeah, we'll get to that, obviously, in a while. But, um, yeah, I think kind of Yogus and Doc get the most in terms of solitary episodes. Sully, sort of. Uh, Bobby kind of gets one and three quarters. I mean, you technically say three, but... I'm not saying Bobby gets three episodes. Come on now. Hashtag Bobby goes nowhere. Um, so, yeah, we'll obviously get to those. But we're going to get now to our official Evola review section. Uh, the first time you get to hear those lovely words, our Evola review. Uh, now, Brandy, just to, to kind of say where you left us off, you had four in a row uh, the last time we had you on. Darvell has uh, bought four out of the last five. He did rent Kim's Hope chest. So uh, he kind of broke the guest streak in a way. But... Uh, what are you doing with this one? Are you buying it, renting it, or bidding it? I'm keeping my streak. I'm for sure buying it. There you go, Darnell. I'm buying it. See? It's so powerful. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, what are you going to oh, do? 150 to 200% buying it. I, I'm up to 10 in a row now, Brandy. Um, yeah. Uh, not even a question of whether or not this is a buy. This is such a good episode. And again, uh, we're eight episodes into season two and I've bought every single one of these episodes. And again, I'm potentially going to buy every single one of these. I don't know how I feel about some of them. There's maybe a couple that might fall into a high rent. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely buy. Um, So there we go. And speaking of definitely, definitely buys, uh, we now move into episode nine. Run of the Mill. Wow. Can I just say, this is an episode that I always forget how good it is. This is such a good episode. Um, so great. It's This is an episode where we kind of get everyone involved. This is not a character. This is not specifically on one character. Again, you'd maybe argue it's a Sully episode, but this is pretty much the first one. Well, obviously, uh, you know, after hours. 
But, you know, besides After Hours, the first one this season, which really isn't just kind of told from the perspective of one person. This is such a well-balanced episode, and not just, you know, with the cops. You know, generally you'd get a main cop story, a main firefighter story, paramedics, but this is kind of balanced between everyone. Uh, we've got a, you know, a nice little storyline involving Sully. Uh, we get a nice little storyline involving the firehouse. Jimmy's involved. Uh, Bobby's sort of involved. Taylor really gets a, probably her strongest episode uh, outside of After Hours. Uh, but then we also get, and I'm not even going to say who it is because I just want to keep it for the moment, we meet a very important side character in the next episode, which just nearly makes me cry every time we meet this person. Oh, my God. I just It's such a blink-and-you-miss-it moment. You don't even realise how important this person's going to be in this show. But, um, yeah, I love this episode, Brandy. I'm excited. I love it, too. I didn't actually realize this was going to be the Christmas episode. And so when I watched it, I was like, oh, yes, yes, because I've been talking about doing, like, a Christmas episode, like, these last couple of episodes of the podcast. And I'm just excited. It's not the one that I want, like, Monroe, but... Oh, man, I'm excited. And it's perfect timing for the holidays. I'm, I'm, it's just- I'm saying this now, Brady. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is the best Christmas episode of Third Watch. I'm sorry. I know the one you're talking about. And, yeah, I don't know how I feel about the Onion episode. Uh- <laughs> no, no, you know what? I will say, how about this? I'm going to say this because I, I'm going to agree 99. I will agree 98% actually just because, like, I do love the Solly part of this episode and, like, how deep it is. I just love this. And the only reason I love the other one because it's Monroe. I love ca- Monroe's character. And I would say I love that one, much of a humor one and more of a laid-back kind of Christmas episode. But this one's more, like, powerful. I, so I will say that. I think, yeah. I think that the humor in the next episode is a lot more natural, whereas I think the humor in the Onion episode is a lot more forced. And, like, I like Monroe. I'm not saying I don't like Monroe. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the Onion episode. I didn't like her. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, remember to like us on Facebook, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Follow us on um, Twitter as well. Uh, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, and of course, uh, any comments, questions, anything you want to send us in, we appreciate it. We'll be back for episode nine, Run of the Meal. It's been a lot of fun having you here. My name is Ben, and I'm off to go clear up those rumors about me giving chlamydia to everybody. Woo! Um. <laughs> Click. No, I'm just kind of hanging up. No, I'm kidding. My name is Brandy, and I'm glad to be back. And I'm excited for the next episode, so stay tuned. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.